This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM Channel 132 Business Radio. I'm Dr. Dawn Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We are so thrilled to be back live in studio here on Sirius XM 132. So that means it's open calls all hour at 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, we'd love to hear from you if you've got a career job search question or a tip that might help others. Give us a call at 844-942-7866. And we are here with Dana and Dion today who make the show sound great and also make it tons of fun. And of course, we are we are continuing with our March uh, pre-break quiz Seinfeld version. And that is that is all due to Dion. And Dion, you'll be excited to hear that we actually had a listener send in questions for you this week so awesome yeah i thought so it's better Uh, than halloween (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so close right Um, (laughs) so hey as always on dr don on careers it's about you all hour and we have a special theme going on this month so we get lots of calls on the show talking about how demoralizing things are right now in the job search and, um, you know, people are getting laid off and applicant tracking systems and crazy interviews getting ghosted. Obviously, there's a lot of industries that are changing. So for the rest of March, we're really excited to be bringing you some news about fantastic new companies that are creating innovative systems and products with the job seeker in mind because this is the wave of the future and as you know switchers are the future of work and the future of work is here so if you've got a question or comment we are live if it's thursday noon eastern 844-942-7866 let's dive in with today's fabulous guest who's joining us. Kelly Stephen Wace is the founder and CEO of Hitchworks Inc., a talent mobility platform that uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to match project-based opportunities to internal employee skills profiles. Kelly founded and commercialized Hitch while she was chief innovation and human resources officer at Here Technologies, and she has 25 years of executive management, consulting, and human resources resources experience and is also co-author of the new book, The Inside Gig, How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organizational Capacity. And we're going to be talking about all of these things today. Kelly, we are so excited to have you here on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Don. Very excited to talk to all of you. Well, first off, congratulations on all of your success. I have no idea when you sleep. And I I even um, truncated your bio because we could literally spend the whole first half of the show talking about all of your accomplishments. So I'm so excited to speak with you today to share with our listeners what Hitchworks is, what the, the goal of the inside gig is for the future of work. But first, I want to congratulate you. I, I understand that your company just got a 
um, new funding from How Women Invest, a $10 million venture fund. So awesome. Congratulations. And tell us about Hitchworks, Kelly. Yeah, so thank you. You know, I'm, I'm very proud uh, to be uh, backed by some incredible investors, including How Women Invest. And I think the premise of their investment was, uh, you know, backing female founders, but in particular, the fact that our technology is really attempting to change the world of work and um, give greater access and visibility to talent that might have otherwise have been invisible. And I'm sure any of you out there have been in a situation where you felt sort of stuck in a box in your company, um, not fully leveraged for the skills that you had, seen as only the role that you had at the time. And I think the what we're trying to do with Hitch is to allow for people to be visible by their skills because we're all an amalgamation of all the experiences that we've had over the course of our career and be able to match the skills that we have to a lot of different opportunities, whether they're project-based or full-time internally, that we wouldn't otherwise have had access to. So it's making the work more transparent, and it's allowing for sort of the unbiased matching to opportunities based on your skills. Which is which is so aligned with what I talk about regarding switchers is that, you know, people are looking to make a major career change. I think one of the best places to look first is within your current company if they have opportunities because you've likely proven yourself. Hopefully you've been building relationships around the company and um, they want to retain you using the skills you've already gained and the skills that you can build. But this doesn't often happen, Kelly, and and that's why I love your product. But let's first explore why does this not happen as often as we would think it does? Well, if you think about those of you that have led teams, look, you're not bad people, but we all have a bias, right? We tend to pick the same individuals and then burn them out, right? So we all have a Dunbar number. We can only know about 150 people, right? And we tend to go to the people that look most like us and Therefore, by, by virtue of that, the network really is small and closed. And so this uh, system really allows for greater access to more people. It gives you, think about, we've always thought that talent was really owned by us as a leader. You know, I have 50 people in my organization, where in fact, the whole premise behind this is that talent is actually owned by the company. So you have this, um, you know, massive network here, technologies with 10,000 employees, rather than my 135 I have in my organization, what if I could tap into the power of 10,000 people on a global basis? So it's, it's a mindset shift from, you know, having a very closed, you know, we've all built and, you know, learned how to manage in that system to, hey, what if we, had, we could tap this whole enterprise? How would it change things? Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and we are so excited to be talking with Kelly Stephen Wace, who's the co-author of The Inside Gig and founder and CEO of Hitchworks, an AI company that is revolutionizing internal mobility in companies. So if you're out there and you're thinking, hey, I'm looking to make a move internally. I want to do something new. I want to learn something new. Give us a call, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, it is open calls all hour here on Business Radio. So, Kelly, let's, let's just start with some of the challenges that I think 
internal employees face when they go to to talk to their manager about making an internal move because it aligns with what you were just speaking about uh, the way yep. organizations are structured right now is that uh, you know maybe your team has a certain number of headcount and if you let one of those headcount go the next year you're not going to be able to fill it and so i think there's more of this scarcity um, yeah. effect going on but i also think that if you have great talent like you said you don't want to necessarily lose them to other areas of the organization. So there's some kind of cultural things that are going on that makes it hard right now for employees to make internal functional switches. Yeah, I think we have traditionally incented leaders to get work done and to hoard talent, (laughs) not maybe by intention, but that's sort of where the incentives have fallen. We haven't we haven't actually incented leaders for how well they import and export talent around the organization. So we have grown up uh, with this notion that, that we need to hoard because it, it, we're incented to hold on to the best talent possible to execute. When in fact, if you think about what we're really after is from the company standpoint that we can execute strategy and we can get our product to market and we can get the revenue. And therefore, you could argue rationally that that means we need the right people at the right work at the right time. So this shift from a scarcity model to an abundance, so talent owned by the company and not by you as an individual leader, this actually would allow for better uh, retention of people because they would see that there's opportunities to grow and expand. Leaders would be incented to import and export talent around the company as opposed to hoarding it. So I think we are where we are because we've been living in an old paradigm. And I think the one thing about the pandemic that, you know, it put us all in the deep end of the pool or we're all writing with our left hand, right? If, If we'd ask people to write with their left hand for months, (laughs) <laughs> they would. They finally would get it, right? Okay, it's not so bad. So we've always had to innovate, had to work differently. And so now is the time, the tipping point, to kind of move in this direction and shift the mindset. Yeah, and I think that's that's exactly what the Inside Gig, your new book, is about, is about how to create a, um, you know, an environment where this type of model can be successful. But before we even get to that, Kelly, I you mentioned in your book that you had a jum- jungle gym career versus a corporate ladder, which I think is becoming much more commonplace. Um, so can you talk about what you meant by this and how it factors into the work you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, I grew up at a time when you really, it it really wasn't seen as a positive to move every two to three years, right, and take on uh, roles that were very different, you know, from, you know, what you started. So HR to corporate communications, you know, and it, it, it is kind of the lattice versus the ladder. So in my view, I was progressing even when not promoting, because I was learn- having new experiences and gaining actually a lot of value, valuable skills that actually launched me into, you know, I would have never thought I'd be CEO of a tech company, let alone a founder from where I started. But all those experiences, see, which were, were not necessarily, um, you know, for a recruiter to go, okay, square box in the square hole, 
I actually was developing all these skills to be a CEO. And I think what we have to do now, or what certainly what Hitch allows for, is more participation in this jungle gym environment. We have to build incentives for people to progress without promoting. And so you can move into a lateral role, gain new skills, and then be ultimately what you have you know, at different junctures is a readiness for different roles that were not necessarily uh, uh, a, a clear path, right? That, that jungle gym actually gave you the opportunity to progress. And ultimately, you will promote. You will earn more money. You will have gained very marketable skills um, in whatever profession you pursue. Which I think is really exciting because I hear a lot of people who love the work they do and they they don't necessarily want to climb up the ladder and take on more administrative roles or be responsible for budgets or, or things. They like the core of whatever their expertise is. And I um, and I sometimes think companies haven't really caught up with this, that they, they kind of uh, say you're overqualified or you'd get bored in that role when, in fact, people are making these lattice-type moves and not only loving it because because it keeps things interesting, but building new networks, building new skills for the future and becoming even more equipped to be employable. So so when when do you think that uh, the companies are going to catch up that this is actually a positive for a lot of people? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, you know, no good ideas go unpunished. You know, when I was first cooking up this idea on a whiteboard back in 2014, there wasn't anything out there called an internal talent marketplace, right? That this, this idea really didn't exist. And what, what has happened now is that, you know, through, I think the pandemic was an accelerator because again, everybody writing with their left hand, eventually everyone can write with their left hand. So everybody's willingness to try new technologies, new ways of doing things because they've had to. They had to innovate. They had to they had still had to get products out the door. They still had to, you know, uh employ lots of people to get work done. And so the willingness to try new things has happened. Um and so we're we're the market has arrived, which means companies readiness for new ways of working is here. And it's great for my company and those that compete with me because um, there's a lot of, I think we're going to see a lot of future of work technology start to take off in this period of time. So I think, you know, let me, I'll, I'll give you some other context is that the, the shelf life of skills out there. So right now it's, it's all the rave as artificial intelligence and data science and predictive analytics, computer visioning, some of these types of skills. They're in high demand and low supply. Um, that shelf life of skills is two to three years when it used to be decades before a skill set would have to completely shift. Companies are having to reskill and upskill or leave people behind. People themselves are going to have to find new ways to gain the skills to be marketable. So the timing is now that we need technology to enable this type of movement and this, the ability for people to quickly acquire new skills on the job. 
Yeah, and that's a that's a scary stack. And you have a couple of scary stats in your book about by 2022, which is really next year, the skills required to do a job will change by 42%. Um, and, and I think, yes, the pandemic has completely accelerated all that. So I, w- I want to get to your book. And hey, if you're just tuning in, we are so excited. We are live in studio on Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. Of course, taking your questions if it's Thursday noon. Eastern and for the month of March, we are featuring fantastic new companies that are creating innovative systems and products with the job seeker in mind. So this is fantastic news for anybody who's looking to manage their career or perhaps do something new in 2021 because they are really focusing on the future of work. And the future of work is career mobility. And to help us with that, we're very excited to have the CEO and founder of Hitchworks with us today sharing what their company is doing. And um, Kelly Stephen Weiss is also the co-author of The Inside Gig, How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organizational Capacity, which is available now to purchase. So Kelly, let's let's just kind of break down as we get into talking about The Inside Gig and what this model is um, and how we're going to overcome all of these scary statistics. Uh, let's just talk about what what let's operationally define career mobility and um, you know these different terms that we've been using because as you've mentioned in your book and on the show, this is this is a relatively new concept, the idea of a talent marketplace. Yeah, so I think you know one of the scary things for companies is that they, they have to uh, embrace a new talent operating model. So uh, those those in business school go, oh, I know what an operating model is, and that's exactly what it is, except we say you know, the inputs to an operating model, of course, strategy and core values of the organization, but what make up op- operating model structure, capabilities, um, org design, leadership principles, these are the things that we're innovating on and changing the old paradigm around. So when companies need to operationalize this inside gig methodology, it means creating new structures. So looking at structure very differently, addressing new principles like talent owned by the company versus talent owned by the individual. And it's also changing um, the reward structures, the incentives, because we know human beings are incented to behave um, based upon what we, not just what we guide, but but how we pay them. So we need to incent leaders to behave differently. And so that we, I really try to capture in the book the play the plays you have to run operationally to make this work. And one of the examples I love in your book about how you define talent marketplace and, um, you know, kind of this career mobility is you use the example of Hollywood filmmakers. And you say when when a Hollywood filmmaker mm-hmm. goes to make a film, they essentially assemble a team of, of editors and camera and um, writers and actors and, and uh, all these people acting coaches. I mean, whatever they need, animal trainers, depending on the type of movie it is. And. You know, they assemble this group for three months or however long the movie takes. And then when they go to make their next movie, they reassemble. And of course, they'll probably use some of the same players here and there as they get to know people. But 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 that that analogy was so powerful to me because it completely helped define what a a true talent marketplace might might 
be like for somebody. So um, and and that's the vision you outline in the inside gig. So you can you just like briefly tell us um, what some of the highlights are that that a company would need to do to, to make this work? Yeah, I think um, part of part of it is working with leadership um, and aligning on this mindset shift, right, w- that I talked about, this whole idea that we are going to pursue being more agile. Uh, we fundamentally believe that we're going to be a learning organization, that people are not fixed assets, right? We believe that we can reskill and upskill if people are motivated, and we put them in the right conditions, and conditions can be incentives, it can be tools, it can be technology that we provide them, that we can actually help them make this turn. Um, the idea that, you know, small, agile teams, much like the, you know, movie business, my father was in that business, right? He was a sound editor, so I knew, I knew that analogy well. Um, we could have these agile teams come together quickly, disband, that sometimes an individual might be a project leader, but then sometimes they might be a contributor. They might be doing three or four projects at the same time, but that we, we, we allow for this agile movement that this is not chaos. If we use technology to enable it, it actually creates enormous amounts of productivity and goodwill. Um, and what we found, certainly, and we have case studies in the book, um, and I certainly, as I implemented this technology, what we found is that operating this way did not actually create chaos. People working on projects outside their home base um, actually boosted their productivity in their core role um, because human beings have a need to feel like they're growing and they're contributing And so I think we've always thought that we need command and control structure to make companies work. But that's kind of back to the industrial revolution of the past. We need to embrace more agile methodologies. And so this notion, it actually creates more momentum forward versus what one might think. Yeah, I think it's so exciting for people to be thinking about um, this because it makes that that uh, for people who love variety and want to learn, it's, it really is a win-win across the board. And yes, a lot of things are going to need to change, which you lay out beautifully in your book, The Inside Gig. But the benefit is to the organization, to the employee, to the project leaders themselves. And um, I think the growing pains around getting there is going to be worth it. And not only worth it, uh, Kelly, but necessary to maintain productivity in the future of work. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to SiriusXM channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham or LinkedIn for more information about the show. And we're here today with Kelly Stephen Ways, co-author of The Inside Gig and founder and CEO of Hitchworks, which is a company that is revolutionizing internal mobility in companies. So another, um, another thing that jumped out to me in your book is that you know companies obviously know and track and are, are very meticulous about things like their capital assets but not about their employee skills and mm-hmm. you know it's, it's one of those aha moments where you're like wow yeah that that's kind of odd especially when a lot of companies are saying hey 
they're our greatest asset and we couldn't do what we do without our our human assets but yet there's not a great way to really track those human assets and what they they not only do in their current jobs but what they could do that potential that capability and i think that's one of the things that hitchworks is trying to completely change absolutely i i talk about the talent supply chain uh concept and Everyone knows supply chain management in, in, in its traditional sense, right? We have to manage, delicately manage supply and demand on inventory of product because if demand uh, outpaces uh, uh, the, the supply we can put in, we're not going to execute our strategy and we're not going to get the revenue. Uh, and, and we should apply that principle to talent. The problem is, is that the systems that we were operating could only tell us the title of people in the organization. And when my CEO is asking me a supply and demand question, so he comes to me and says, hey, Kelly, how, many data, how much data science capability do we have? And I have to look at him cross-eyed if I don't have any way to actually surface the skills. That's the common denominator. So skills being a core asset, a supply, a talent supply question. Now with Hitch, I can go into the system and say, Mr. CEO, we have – 135 people with data science as a skill set. What it tells him is that his supply is actually pretty good, um, whereas he might have only had 30 people with the title. So I think that we have to really um, uh, use systems to give us this information because it's certainly the insights that it gives us can guide our strategies around talent. And absolutely it is We've seen through the pandemic, certainly, that, you know, how companies responded to this, how they took care of their people, how they mobilized work sometimes was the difference between winning or losing. Absolutely. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132. We're here with Kelly Stephen Wace. And we were talking about her company, Hitchworks. And one of the other things that really jumped out to me in your book, The Inside Gig, was satisfaction with career development is rated the lowest um, scored item. And that is so true as a career coach and somebody who works with people who work in organizations and want to do something different. Not only do they not really get any any guided career development or management, but very few are even having meaningful or even any performance management reviews with their their manager. And for the ones who are, they're nervous about bringing up doing something new because they're afraid that you know they'll they'll kind of put their cards on the table and it won't be it won't get a good reaction. So I, I think this is why this idea of creating a talent marketplace, Kelly, is so important for for employees because it really opens up that transparency, which I think is so important. But one question that that I have, um, you know, with the rise of gig, the gig economy, and there's a lot of things going on around, uh, you know, people working but not getting benefits, and obviously companies are after profits. What what is going to stop companies from looking at this and saying, well, if we're going to adopt this model, why don't we just have everybody be, a, you know, an independent contractor and then we can, you know, do away with benefits and healthcare and all of this stuff and, and still kind of get the same bang for the buck? Well, I think when you look at um, the actual cost savings element of having a system like this, it's, it's very it's very cost, uh, the cost avoidance, right? When you share talent across the system, uh, across the system, 
when you have high levels of productivity, it's a business case to keep your people, just leverage them differently, right? And when it's a win-win between people feeling like they're getting the diversity, they're learning new things, they're growing in your organization, and let's face it, if we don't have that in the new era with, with by 2025, 75% of the workforce being millennials, you know, game over. So I don't think the 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 young generation even wants to be just out there, you know, um, having multiple sources of revenue. And I think there's still a desire for stability. And I think companies, the cost is when we have to turn people over. So if we can actually get high levels of productivity, high levels of engagement, um, and then, you know, uh, allow for this cost avoidance by talent sharing and not always having to go to the outside. It makes a lot of sense to have people in your organization and paying benefits because you're getting ex- extreme amounts of productivity. It's how we leverage that talent and move it around for which is the best business case for building great companies where people are employed. So, Kelly, as we wrap up, what is next for Hitchworks? I love what you're doing. I love the concept. Um, what what can we expect next? So we are disrupting all the traditional HR methodologies. I think you mentioned feedback, which is, gosh, if it was ever Groundhog Day, it was the day I'd have to go into a company and redo the performance management system. And it's because it's always been broken, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, you give a review and all people hear is what they, what their rating was, right? They don't hear any of the feedback. So it was just fundamentally broken. I think we're going to move towards more crowdsourced performance management and being agile or gamified recognition systems. Um, so we're going to start integrating a lot of these HR pain points, but in a more modern way and technology enabled. And so uh, career passing, as I said, more the jungle gym, uh, being able to offer people insights about their skill sets and their gaps between where they are and where they want to go. And by the way, not just a ladder, but hey, here's all the opportunities you have in the lattice. You know, here's some lateral moves. They're going to gain, they're going to give you the skills. They're going to get you ultimately where you might want to go. And so I think you're going to see a lot of innovation in that regard from Hedge. Exciting things ahead. Hey, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking with Kelly Stephen Wace about her company, Hitchworks, and her book, The Inside Gig. Kelly, where can people learn more about the company and the work you're doing? Yeah, please visit us at hitch.works. And we've got lots of great case studies. Um, uh, on our website, and we're, we're constantly doing webinars, et cetera. And I think, you know, if, if you're out there going, I just want to know how to implement this inside gig methodology, definitely read the book because it was really written as a playbook, not as a theoretical book. Uh, so, and I'm always out there. Please ping me on LinkedIn uh, uh, to talk to individually. I'm very passionate about this. I really think we can change the, the, the work inside organizations, how it's being managed and bring us into the new the new century. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing the work you're doing, Kelly. I'm so excited of what's to come with, with Hitchworks and can't wait to see what uh, the future holds. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Nan.
Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 132, Thursday, noon Eastern. We're live at 844-942-7866, but we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? There is a quiz. And thanks to Dion, we are doing Seinfeld all month long. And so this week, Dion, we had a, um, a longtime listener, Ira Brown, send in some Seinfeld questions. So we're going to choose one of his uh, for you today. Which video game did George move across the street in an effort to find a power source and save his high score? You're going to have to give me another question. All right, I will. I already know that one. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. That's good. All right. Which hockey team does Putty fanatically root for? Yeah, I know that one, too. All right. I got more. <laughs> okay, we're going to get harder. Which airport code does Jerry have displayed on his refrigerator? Oh, I don't know that All one. All right. We got one. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM, Channel 132. If it's Thursdays, it's open calls, 844-942-7866. And we are going to go right to the phones with Randy in Denver. Randy, thank you for your patience. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dr. Dawn. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm kind of surprised to jump on so quickly. <laughs> well, we appreciate you um, calling. Yeah, no, well, you know, I... I uh, I lost my job in uh, what was it? Uh, gosh, it was in January, middle of January, and you know I took a couple of weeks off right after I, I I lost the job and and sat back and uh, kind of contemplated my thoughts. Uh, after I did that, uh, I uh, jumped right back on and and um, got in touch with one of my buddies. Uh, he's a uh, he's a career counselor. Um, a uh, how companies mercy exchange is what it is and it's basically a uh, career person and he was uh he rewrote my resume after he rewrote my resume he started career coaching me and telling me what to do and what he he told me to do was jump onto linkedin and just network the tar out of it mm-hmm. he said find out what's out there on on linkedin um and for the jobs and then in focusing on those companies and after you focus in on those companies uh keep on pushing that and pushing that and just find out who's in that company and then talk to them and just find out what's going on in those companies and what they need and then um anyhow with that being said it was about, you know, I really didn't start looking until about four weeks ago because, you know, I was just trying to get my mindset settled and everything else. Right. But after four weeks, I uh, was just uh, got a verbal offer this, just yesterday. Wow. Congrats. And uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And You're I doing it right, Randy. For, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your show and thank you for the things that you put on on uh, YouTube. Uh, you know, I watched that and about networking and then, you know, my career coach and everything else. Uh, yeah, it worked out really kind of cool. But I do have one question for you. Yes, please. Um, so 
I they're putting out out a uh, they put out they're putting out they gave me the verbal offer and you know it, it was okay and everything else but uh, basically my my previous career coaches that I've had have told me to kind of just look at them and say hey I need to think about this before you actually do that uh, before you actually submit to the offer and say hey I got some other things in the in, in the fire and. And um, and then let me come back to you after I get all the other offers in, and we'll we'll discuss. Um, how would you negotiate a, a, uh, your salary after after coming back with that? Yeah, so, so um, kind of the stage you're in. First off, I don't want to lose the lessons because you 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 uh, just nailed it. I mean, I, I'm sorry you got laid off. I know that's happening a lot these days, but you took the space, you regrouped, you got your resume focused and your LinkedIn targeted. You got support of a coach. So you did all of the right things. And then you, like you said, network, network, network. And I think that's an important process to go through. So kudos to you for for taking all of those, those steps. And now you're at the offer stage, which is awesome. So I would say always, always, always sleep on it. Always. Never accept on the spot, even if you get the offer of a lifetime, because you'll always think of something that you could potentially ask for. And that that obviously you always want to get the base to where you need it to be first. And then after that, you can work on some of the smaller things like bonuses or start date or extra vacation. But I would say always sleep on it. And the response I tell people to give when they get the offer and when you get the offer this is only when you get the offer not not during the interviews but is you know thank you very much I definitely can see myself uh, hitting the ground running here and I'm excited about the opportunities when do you need my answer and the reason is you have this one short period of time when you as the job seeker have leverage because they've decided they want you, Randy. They want you. They're visualizing you in that role, taking on that work. And um, now you're kind of putting them a little bit in the hot seat. Of course, every employer will want you to accept on the spot, but you've you've invested all this time in these interviews and the applications. So you get a little, a little latitude to figure out what the offer is and how it relates to you and your needs as well. So I would always say, ask, when do you need my, when do you need my response? And typically um, a few days to a week is completely acceptable. If you have to relocate or something like that, you might need a little bit longer. But during that time, make sure you, you kind of look at it, understand the benefits, understand all of the pieces of it. And when you come back, have a very organized strategy that aligns with the skills you bring to the table. And my favorite question is when you come back is, again, thank them for the offer. I reviewed it. I have a couple of, uh, you know, clarifications. And you might say, hey, I, I, you know, I was really looking at market rate for the, the base. And um, I'm wondering if there's any flexibility. And I like that question awesome. because it doesn't it doesn't turn down the offer. It doesn't, you know, create an ultimatum. It's just, is there any flexibility? And of course, they're going to ask you then, well, what are you thinking? So you have to have a response to that. So if it's the base you're hoping to be higher, you can come back and say, I was really, um, based on my research and what I'm bringing to the table, it, it, I was really hoping for 10000 more. Um, now, 
they're probably going to meet you in the middle. So whatever that number is you give them, you might want to make it a little bit higher than what you're ultimately wanting because, you know, this is a negotiation after all. And then once you get the base to where it needs to be, then you want to consider other things. So maybe they'll say, you know, look, Randy, we we did our best. We, we pulled all the punches and gave you the best offer. You can say, I totally understand and I really appreciate that. I'm wondering if there's other ways we can close the gap. So, for example, maybe a sign-on bonus, maybe a um, maybe a change in when you're going to start. You know, give yourself a couple of weeks vacation. Maybe uh, it's it's working from home a certain period of time. So there's other things, and you have to know what those are. But what I would say is be organized, know what you want, and don't drag this out because when it come becomes two, three, four conversations, they're going to be really annoyed. So be organized, be ready to have that in one conversation. So does that sound like a strategy that will will work for you? Yes, yes, it does. I appreciate that. That's a that's a really kind of a cool insight there. So yes, thank you so much for uh, all your insights. It's been really good, and it's been uh, really uh, a yeah, uh, true true blessing just sitting back and listening to you once once a week. Uh, you know, granted it this is the first time I got it live, but. Well, we're so happy you did. And thank you for the lessons that you you shared with us, um, Randy, because I think a lot of people are in that role of, of maybe losing their job. And I think your process is an inspiring one. And people need to hear these messages that success is happening and that if you do take that time to invest in yourself, you're going to land where you need to be. So I'm so excited for you. Fingers crossed. What's the flexibility? My favorite question. And um, I, I look forward to seeing you on on youtube my weekly my weekly short videos thank you for following those randy great thank you all right take care 844-942-7866 you're listening to sirius xm channel 132 i'm your host dr don graham and like you just heard i do weekly mini career advice videos on youtube now so you can follow those they usually drop every monday and they're just little tidbits of things that you could do to maximize your effectiveness in the job search or in your career you could also follow me on twitter because i put them there at dr don graham and we are going to go back to the phones with carla carla welcome to the show Hi, Don. How are you? I am so well, and I have a feeling I know why you're calling today because um, you wrote me the the nicest email, and I'm so excited for you to share your story because we love success stories here on Dr. Don on Careers. So, um, you know, please, please tell us, please tell us your story. So I wanted to thank you for having me on, taking my call. And back in August, I was listening to your fifth anniversary show, and I enjoyed all the guests. I enjoyed everything that was being shared. I believe you had three guests that day, and your last guest that day was Abby Kohut. And what Abby shared was basically um, pertaining to the fifth anniversary show. But at the end of the discussion, she invited people to reach out to her who were looking for a sales position. So I did that and and I've I've been in that position since that time. Well, first off, we we love Abby. Uh, Better known as absolutely Abby. Um, And she always shares great tips. She's been on Dr. Dawn on Careers several times. And, um, you know, of course, she had to be on our fifth anniversary show because she always shares the the best advice. So so, um, 
So, Carla, tell us what, you know, really inspired you to go for this. And, you know, if you had to share a lesson learned with people who might be in the position you were back in August and saying, you know, I need to find a role and and maybe I'm looking to do something that is not something I have deep experience in. What 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 did you learn from this process? Well, the biggest thing was that you have to take action with family. I had had a family first lifestyle since about 2016 where I was taking care of aging parents and then I also had a child that my husband and I decided because of special needs it was best for me to homeschool her so those things were now part of the past and it was time for something new and when Abby said like you said she had lots of great tips she has um, she had um, a cover letter for resumes that she invited you to use that when you actually reached out to her, which was a great step to take action. It just made it like a little easier, but I was able to reach out to Abby and uh, just take this chance and hear what I wanted to know what the sales position was about. She gave very little information. It was at the very end of the show. And I think you have to, when you're moving forward or you want to try something new, like, don't be afraid to gather the information and see what it's all about. And and that would be the biggest thing is you have to take action. Yeah, I, I so agree with you. And I'm so glad you did, because I think that voice in our head tends to get in the way and say, oh, that's not for me. Or, oh, they're not going to get back to me. Or, oh, maybe, you know, I'll just be wasting their time. And, and it's really really difficult to ignore that voice when you're, you know, nervous or anxious about something. Um, and I love that you you just ignored that. And of course, Abby is a gem. She is one of the most generous people I know, always out there helping job seekers. At one point, I know her mission was to help one million job seekers. And uh, I have to imagine she's getting close, but she means it. She's the real deal. And so have you have you stayed in touch with Abby? Absolutely. And and what's funny is when I reached out to Abby and we had a call, the first thing she said to me when I let her know what I had been doing and she looked at my experience, she said, there's no way that my person is going to talk to you. <laughs> and that wasn't the end because Abby is so resourceful. What she did was she actually designed like a little test for me to take reaching out to potential clients and that was successful and that's how I actually ended up getting the job is because Abby thought outside the box on how we could make this work since I was showing uh you know enthusiasm to get involved and and that was fabulous that we were able to do that and yes I usually talk to her at least about once a week and she's a fabulous person I love the way she thinks about things, as you as well, Don. I just love how you guys um, have a way of thinking about things that that really releases limitations that people sometimes have that are self-imposed. And that's just, you know, a wonderful thing. Well, we are so excited um, for you, Carla. I'm so excited you called the show. We're always asking for people to call and tell us their success stories. And, of course, we love it when when that happens. And, of course, I recommend everybody follow Absolutely Abby because she is the real deal. She is out there, and she is helping people every day. So, Carla, thank you for calling. Congratulations on all of your success. And please give Abby our best. Hopefully her ears are ringing right now. She's hearing us sing her praises.
is. But uh, thank you so much. Okay, done. Thank you so much. You're just tuning in, 844-942-7866. Dr. Don on Careers. And Dion knows all of the Seinfeld episodes now. So, So, okay, what are the first two answers then? We're going back to our pre-break quiz. What was the video game George was moving? Frogger. Ah, very good. There you go. I've got the ding ready. That's good because you're earning it today. Hockey team for putty. New Jersey Devils. You got that. All right, now here's the hard one. Yeah. <laughs> the airport code. The airport code. I'm going to say LaGuardia. Because of, because of New York, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that's that's all I got. See, but it, that would be too obvious, right? Of course it is. Yes. Uh, I'll give you the letters. EWR. Ooh. I don't know what that is. And I used to work at an airport. I know. I remember. We, we talked about the gas and all of that. Oh, yeah. That's that, right. We did. That scandal. Yeah. If you did, if, if you missed that show, that's a good one. That's a good that one. That was a true confession show. We learned a lot about Dion that day. That is for sure. <laughs> Find out about his airport days. <laughs> it is Newark, my, my home state uh. of New Jersey. Yeah. Exit, yeah. Well, I'm at exit. I was at exit 11. Um, Newark's a little bit further north, but that is my airport. That's, that's like 15, right? Yeah, very good. Yeah, very I, good. Used to, I used to live in Jersey. I was I was exit 7A. Oh, nice. That's a great adventure. Is it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Went there a lot growing up as a kid. Hey, more information, but they're not to- not nearly as juicy as that that one true confessions episode. But good for you, Dion. I'm I I have more questions next week, so I hope you continue watching that episode or episode after episode so you can get these. Hey, 844-942-7866. We are going back to the phones and we have John online. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Dr. Don. I'm so glad that Dion actually answered those questions because I'm not a Seinfeld aficionado at all. So. Oh no! Oh no! No, <laughs> I know. John, we are out of time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know you're a coffee <laughs> aficionado though, so um, so we got that. Do you like, all right? New York or Chicago pizza? That's oh man, I, no. I, any pizza is delicious. All right, fair, fair. I'll take that as an answer, but it's New York <laughs> is the correct answer there. Um, okay, so we only have about two minutes, but I'm so happy you called because I I know you are another success story, and we are just on a roll with success stories today, John. So tell us, tell us, uh, you know, in two minutes how you how you came to be where you are, and um, how other people can feel inspired. So pretty crazy. Um, I worked in radio for 15 years and um, was just kind of looking for a change. I'm a trained graphic designer. I worked in marketing. So I kind of had this like hybrid blend. And I had actually written to you, um, inspired by obviously listening to the XM show, just kind of how I could best utilize my skill set. And you gave me some great advice, which is just to use your network, use your network, use your network. And so I actually ended up doing so. And uh, when COVID hit, the whole, obviously, job landscape changed. Um, radio was hit really hard. And so I was let go from my job. So I had already started this job search, but uh, landed on my feet at an insurance company. And uh, it's just been amazing. It's been so fun. Um, and in a short amount of time, I've become one of the top sales reps. So it's uh, it's been one of those little journeys where it, as long as you're doing good, and other people notice um, one of the top executives was the wife of somebody that I used to work with. And when my name came up, she's like, we have to hire this guy. 
So it was kind of ironic, um, pretty cool how like life comes full circle. But yeah, it's just been it's been a, a crazy journey here. And I was so excited to get your email because I do remember you emailed me a year ago and then I get this email and I, I scroll back. I'm like, when when did we talk? And it was like literally a year later. And, and you're like, wow, what a crazy year it's been. Here's the update. So, of course, I was like, you have to call the show because so many people are in this position right now, John, where they're they're getting laid off and they're hearing network, network, network. And, you know, maybe they're rolling their eyes, but it truly does work. And like you found out, you know, sometimes the people right in your inner circle are married to or friends with or, or you know colleagues with or neighbors with the people who can hire you and when you do great work and you build up a brand like that then those opportunities come through for you so I am so excited that um, that you had the opportunity to call today and I'm so excited that you're in a field where you're thriving because I think one of the things a lot of people um don't know in the moment, but find out after the fact is that sometimes these career disruptions can turn out to be some of the best things. So I'll take your advice, which is network, network, network. And um, I will just repeat that again because it does work. John, thank you so much for calling in. I'm so excited to speak with you. And um, well, and now you're really busy. You don't have time to watch Seinfeld, but that would be my next recommendation. <laughs> We're, we have friends on in the background all day, so that's our little go-to. <laughs> okay, well, now you have a new option because <laughs> I'm not as familiar with friends. A better option. Yeah. Oh, Dion. Dion, throw me under yeah, the bus today. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, John, it was so good to talk with you. Thank you for making the time to call us on Dr. Don on Careers. If you're just tuning in, you missed some great callers. And, of course, Kelly Stephen Wace, who is the CEO and founder of Hitchworks, was on to share the future of work looks like. So thank you to our listeners, callers, Dion and Dana. And, of course, we're here for you every Thursday on Sirius XM 132. We'll see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.